Welcome, folks, to another edition of Desperately Saving Entertainment. I am Chris Peterson, one half of your hosting team today. Joining me, as always, is Mr. Ben Frawley. How are you, sir? What's up, Chris? What's up, people around the webs? I'm ready to discuss entertainment. I am ready. Chris, I've been hard at work this these couple weeks, man. I have been banging out TV, movies, uh, radio, sh- I don't know, everything. I'm ready to discuss. I hope you have, too. Really? All right. Yeah, well, it sounds like you, it sounds like you've had a busy week. Um, I have I have not had a busy <laughs> week. Uh, I've been on the exact opposite, but like because of my boredom, I've been consuming a lot of things. So it hasn't been like an exciting week for me, but um, still eventful. If that makes sense, I don't know. We'll, we'll get into all of it. Mm-hmm. But uh, folks, on this podcast, what Ben like to do is basically break down different things that we've watched, listened to, read, eaten, whatever it may have been uh, over the past couple of weeks that have entertained us in some way, shape, or form. But I have no idea what Ben is going to be bringing to the table today. And he's got no idea what's on my mind either. So this way, everything you're hearing is a spontaneous, genuine conversation, nothing pre-planned. So let's get right into it. Ben, what do you got for me this week? All right. Um, first of all, I think we need to talk about one of the biggest and one of the most anticipated biggest movies of the year, Dune. Yeah. We talk about that movie. So that came out in the theaters. Me and Katie went to go see it in the theaters. It's out Ooh. on streaming right now. Okay. Um, Chris, did you check it out? All right. So this is I'm I'm I I had a feeling you were gonna bring up Dune. And it segues yes. into my first topic, but no, I haven't had a chance to see it yet, but I can't tell you why just yet. It's my first topic in my thing, but Go. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. So, um, so Chris, you know, we are fans of the ringer, uh, universe podcast network and mm-hmm. stuff. And, um, Sean Fennessy and Chris Ryan and, and Amanda Dobbins and all those guys, I listened to their review. They went nuts for this movie. They went absolutely bonkers for this movie. They were falling in love. I mean, I love, uh, how do you say his name? Dennis Villeneuve. Dennis, Dennis Villeneuve. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. yeah love, yeah. love the guy. Don't, don't get me wrong. I love the Blade Runners um, movie. I loved, of course, Sicario. I loved yeah, a couple I of his movies. Yeah. You know what I mean? Lesser known stuff. Awesome. But, um, oh, and then the Jake Gyllenhaal movie, Enemy. Uh, great stuff. You know, this guy is mm-hmm. off to the races. Now, listen, here's my quick and dirty spoiler free. Put up the spoiler free review by Ben Frawley because okay. you haven't seen it. I'm going to be, you know, because I know a lot of people still haven't seen it yet either. Chris, this is my, the if I were writing this on a paper, this is my title of my review. Dune, only nerds need apply. That's that's the that's the title. Okay. Wow, okay. And the reason why I say this is now Katie Cat, the lady upstairs, I've shown her crazy ass movies. You know me, right? I've shown mm-hmm. her Nicolas Cage movies, uh, David Lynch movies, <laughs> David Lynch movies starring Nicolas Cage. I've shown her everything, right? <laughs> I showed her <laughs> crazy movies. And you know what? She'll sit there. She'll have a couple drinks. She'll hang out. And, oh, this is great. Or this is a crazy movie. Blah, blah, blah. This movie, for someone that is entering this universe cold, she turned to me multiple times and said, so what's going on? <laughs> and and she is a movie watcher. Don't get me wrong. She's not just a person that just like, she's not texting on her phone. She's sitting there absorbing the movie like I am. And yeah. I could understand the critique by her, right? This mm-hmm. wasn't a critique by her. She legit had no idea what the hell was going on. And if I never saw the David Lynch movie, and if I hadn't known like nerd culture about the books and all that stuff, I don't know if I would know what was going on. Mm-hmm. It's almost like they put – now, listen. 
the director, he did amazing. You know, the Hans Zimmer score, amazing, Chris. You know, to see this in IMAX must have been glorious. Mm. But, you know, there's scenes. Uh, I'm gonna, this is a great example, okay? There are scenes in Lord of the Rings that are jaw-dropping, that are just awe-inspiring, ching- tingles up and down your spine, kind of just glorious Helm's Deep battles, right? Right. Things right. that we watch over and over again. Now, on the other hand, in Lord of the Rings, in the trilogy, there's plenty of talking in rooms. You know, like Peter Dinklage says, you know, a lot of a lot of boring chatter in very fancy rooms, like in Game of Thrones, right? There's a lot of that because you need that substance to make these giant set pieces work and give you the tingles and be awe-inspiring. I don't know if they earned it in this movie. Oh, oh okay. Now, what I'm watching on the screen is... The, the CGI, the effects, the acting, the writing, the direction of the action scenes are jaw-dropping. And, and like some of the most beautiful sci-fi put to film ever. Like I'm just going to put that out there. I mean, I thought Blade Runner was great too. Um, but I feel like there wasn't enough boring. <laughs> I wanted to be bored. I needed 20 minutes of people, well, you know, the enemy is coming, maybe, but um, maybe it's it's tea time. Let's have some tea and discuss <laughs> what's going on. I kind of needed a tea time break. You know, like, all right, time out. A lot hitting me. You know, a lot of characters, a lot of stuff, a lot of, like, themes going on. You know, and I I was – but I wanted kind of like, you know, I, I just need to talk to you in this little study for you. Say, like, okay, sounds good, Father. Let's just, let's just break down what's going on or what's going to happen 10 minutes from now when, like, you know – this crazy ship like enters like the atmosphere instead. I just feel like it was a machine gun of beautiful things. Now <laughs> maybe I'm just spoiled, but I can see where someone got lost. Now, gr- now granted Chris, this movie is in some of the greatest like 4k 8.1 sound you've ever heard. And this Hans Zimmer score is blaring over the top in a good way but when characters start talking in action scenes you really couldn't hear them unless you're sitting in like the the bomb theater and you know rome the rome cinema was was good but it sounded like the center speaker was blown out and to the point where when we were leaving the theater a guy came up to one of the concession stand guys and was complaining and actually wanted a free ticket um and i was like oh you know i don't know if it was that bad but then when i listened to their like review on the ringer they, they were just, you know, gushing over this movie, like greatest movie. It's going to uh, best picture. And I'm sitting there. and But then they still said, now the, the audio was interesting because you couldn't really hear the dialogue. And I'm like, wait, so it's the greatest movie ever, <laughs> but you can't hear the dialogue. I so, Chris, that being said, I had a great time. Maybe I'm being maybe I, I was in a critical mood. I don't know. But maybe maybe my expectations were really high. But I, that's my review is. If you're an ultra nerd, you're going to love what you see on the screen. I am an ultra nerd. I love what I see on the screen. If you're not, and, you know, you've been swept up in this thing that called nerd culture, you know, like MCU and Iron mm-hmm. Man, this is this is kind of, you know, even WandaVision was kind of like skirting the lines of what we consider mainstream nerd culture. This is way nerdier than that. Yeah. This is nerdy times pi times a thousand or something like that like this is so nerdy that if you're not like 
wrapped in a nerdy blanket. I don't know if you're going to get this. So, Chris, that's my, you know, only nerd, only, uh, only need, nerds need apply. That's my review of the movie. Okay. Good stuff. And you know, it's funny. I've, I've been reading a lot of the reviews and that's actually a pretty consistent note with some of the, the critics. Now that's, you know, the shows, the movie's Rotten Tomato score is only at an 84, which seems low to be quite honest. Mm. I mean, that's, that's considered a good score in Rotten Tomato, but everybody with the, the buzz about this movie got like a 10 minute standing ovation at the Cannes Film Festival. I mean, mm-hmm. All these things that you thought I was like, and it's only 84. So it's like, and, and the biggest comment that I've been hearing is that it feels like this isn't the important movie. The next one's the important movie. Like it felt like this was a lot of world building and setting up for an inevitable sequel that will probably be fantastic. And then in addition to having you know, great visuals and things like that. So I'm interested to see, um, yeah, I'm, I am interested to see it. I won't say I'm a huge fan of the, the original. Um, it, yeah. you know, the, the first one's it's, it's, it's got its moments. I think it's more of a cult hit than you know, a legitimately good movie. Right. But um, of course. Of course. you know, so when they announced that they were doing this this movie, I was like, oh god, like okay, really, are we we're tackling this. But um, yeah, like I'm 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 interested and um, getting very intrigued, and I'm sure I'm going to have uh, some thoughts when I see it. We can have a spoilerific uh, discussion about it on the next episode. But I think um, so. I'm I'm really curious, Chris, because. The reason, and and it's it's hard not to to draw comparisons to either Star Wars or Lord of the Rings. You know what I mean? Yeah. If we're in Star for a two, you know, two giant movie or a trilogy coming up, you know, it's it's very hard not to draw comparisons to those trilogies because. But Chris, you know, I hear what you're saying, but how many times did you see Fellowship before you saw? Two Towers. I mean, I saw oh, that thing God, fucking... I bought it on DVD. Times? I saw it like six, seven times. I mean, I was just... I still love that first movie. I, oh, yeah. I love it. And I mean, here's the thing. Let me ask you this, Ben. As, so knowing that there was going to be a sequel to Dune, as you're getting towards the end of the first movie, were you like, oh, shit, that's it? Like, <laughs> like oh, my God. Like, they're going to end this first movie here well, or something like that? I didn't. Like, I didn't know that. Oh, you didn't? Oh, okay. Gotcha. I didn't okay. know that. I mean, oh, wow. I kind of, kind of knew it. Mm-hmm. I kind of heard rumors that they might greenlight another one. So I'm like, oh, okay. So this is this standalone movie is so good. They're going to branch off into the universe. I thought this was oh. going to be like, this movie was so set because before, and that was like, we went and saw it advanced screening on a Thursday. So even before that, and even those guys on the ringer said the same thing. They didn't know that until you sat in the seat and it said Dune part one. And I was like, oh, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And so I was like, okay. And then all of a sudden the scroll starts and I'm like, oh, so it kind of like, I don't know. It kind of caught me off guard and right. like, and Chris, you know, I, like think of fellowship, of the ring mm-hmm. and yes, there's in fellowship, there are cool fight scenes, right? The end. Yep. Um, and you know, when they're in, uh, Moria, really mm-hmm. cool. Um, but the thing that you remember from the first movie is the fellowship. Yep. And is the, as Hobbiton at the very beginning when Gandalf is talking to Frodo and Bilbo. I mean, those scenes to me are so iconic and so well done that you're, you're, you can't, I, at least for me, I can't turn away. I mm-hmm. love those scenes. Some might be, think that's boring, but it might turn to two towers as like the action flick. But even in two towers, 
I like the little scenes when with the old king and um, uh, Wormtongue has him under his power. I love that. Those scenes, and those aren't action-packed. It has to do with magic and stuff and Gandalf telling his story. And I don't know. I love that stuff and how the elves are diminishing in the north. And, like, you're like, what's going on? That stuff is fascinating. And it kind of – that brings me back to the Fellowship trilogy, like – more than anything is like those little kind of set pieces. And this one, I could say right now, I, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to rewatch it. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I saw it. It was almost like TV. You know, you like see it, but yep. you got to the end of like the series just to see what the fuck happens. I, I saw it and yeah, all right. Like, I... <laughs> good to know. Okay. Yeah. Wow. And I hate to spoil it for you or anything like that, but this is just my humble opinion. I mean, listen, yeah, yeah. dude, you go, I mean, this is just this nerdy asshole talking. I mean, there's still fucking awesome action scenes. There's, you know, Javier Bardem's in it. Josh Brolin's in it. Like freaking Oscar Isaac. I mean, you got acting caliber, like freaking, um, Timothy Chalamet is the main character. He is phenomenal in this movie. Mm-hmm. Everyone's phenomenal in this movie. Every single actor and actress is great. The girl from, uh, Spider-Man is in it. And, Everyone's great. Like, don't get me wrong. The acting's great. The direction's great. The the I can see it winning multiple Oscars for that. But best picture? No, not yet. Not yet. Uh, especially not with uh, my boy Wes Anderson coming out with his French Dispatch. He's gonna drop that uh, bomb on us. Yeah. And that's this is his year. This is his year. Uh, this is it. I this mean, is it. yeah. Give him everything. Just give him everything. <laughs> like, but you know what, Chris? I'm really. When you go when you go see this, you know, want, listen to the big picture. So this is kind of like a, my two for one. I listened to this last night, and to hear these guys gush over this movie, mm-hmm. like this is the most important movie of my life. Like it, and they were bringing up like the mo the their favorite movies of the past ten years, and how this is gonna sweep the yacht. And I'm like sitting there, and I'm like, what are you talking? Do they have do they have stock in this movie that we don't? I'm know wondering about? if they're they're trying they're they're. They're going for, you know, I know, Chris, I, we, we're at our humble beginnings of this podcast, but maybe right. if we start getting guests on that are like famous and shit, like, you know, like if Willem Dafoe puts out like a stinker, you know what I mean? But he's booked on the podcast next week. I'm going to have to figure out how to say like, uh, you know, not his best or something. <laughs> to be like cordial or something. I don't know. Right. Like what the fuck? Right. Like, what am I supposed to do? Like I'm, I'm a critic. Like, <laughs> I don't know. It was. That something was going on. I, I don't know, Chris. Well, you know, The Ringer is associated with HBO, and this oh. is owned by HBO Max, so maybe that's the time. <laughs> there it is. That's it. That's right there. Did I just figure it out? I, like, you just, I just, you just, came you up just made it. a link. <laughs> uh, I don't know, Chris. So it was good, but then right. hearing, like, seriously, I just watched. Uh, are you familiar with the movie The Stuff, Chris? No. From the 80s. Uh, it's about killer frozen yogurt. No, I <laughs> definitely not. Uh, Michael Moriarty from Law and Order is in it. And, okay. Uh, and uh, who's the – and Polly from uh, Goodfellas is in it. What, what's his name? Uh, fucking uh, Polly. You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, this movie's ridiculous. And uh, Katie not once – not once did Katie turn to me and go, like, what the fuck is going on? It's killer frozen yogurt. Garrett Morris is in it. Ridiculous movie, ridiculous cast, ridiculous concept. Not once did she turn to me. She just watched it. She's like, that movie was hilarious, crazy ass movie. Didn't turn to me and go, what the fuck is going on? And this movie, she turned to me and said, what the fuck is going on? So take that, yeah. what you will. Yeah. There you go, Chris. That's my first one, Dave. Well, good segue because I, so I was in New York City um, last week, uh, oh, Friday yeah. night. Um, had to, had to work on, had an event there Saturday morning. So I stayed over Friday night. and. 
near Times Square is the AMC Empire 25, which is on yeah. 42nd Street. It is my favorite movie theater in the entire country to go see a movie at. First, f- first of all, every single one of their theaters is a stadium seating, ridiculous sounds, it's a ridiculous screen. It's the best atmosphere. Second of all, you've got amazing concessions. They have the that Coke machine where you can go and pick out like whatever kind of Coke you want. Love things it. like that. Love, Love that it. stuff. So it's just it's where I've seen legitimately like anytime I feel like there's an event, a movie that I feel like is it's an event, I go see a movie at that theater. So I went and got, I went and mm-hmm. saw both Two Towers and Return of the King there. I saw all uh, three of the new Star Wars films that weren't great uh, there. Um, uh, I went to go see Avengers Endgame there. I mean, just anytime I thought I need to be in a crowd with cinephiles like myself who are going to lose their shit at a good movie, I go there. So I wanted nothing more to go to this theater on Friday night and go see Dune um, and and experience what it's like to be in a theater of crowded people again, just amped to be going to see a movie. However, I made the mistake of going to get lunch that day at a uh, sandwich place, which is a chain <laughs> called Pret Pret a Manger, um, and I, it's like a, I spell that. What's going on? It looks like Pret a Manger, M A N G E R, but it's like Pret, Pret a Manger. Um, it's French. Oh, assholes. Um, Organic food. I already don't yeah, like it. Yeah. So I walked in and I got a sandwich, which was a chicken and bacon sandwich all right it was cold it was like a refrigerated sandwich so i was like all right whatever go back to my hotel room i eat it things like that no joke half an hour later i'm nauseous <laughs> oh I'm, shit i i can feel it in my in my gut um no fever no fever or anything like that but i'm nauseous and i know that like oh god like that chicken that that bacon was a little mushy and it was cold <laughs> Um, oh. oh no! And I was like, "All right, no, no." Hey Chris, hey Chris, yeah. I gotta stop you. Hold on, I gotta stop you because uh, I had to tell you the Preda Manger uh, CEO is on the podcast next week. So can you ah, clean this it. up a little? Uh, <laughs> Preda Manger, whatever. Preda Manger must have been, must have been the name. Coke, not the sandwich. The Coca, the Coca Cola I drank. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's it. So, so wait, wait, uh, how is this like? Is it sitting in front of like the counter cold or what's going on? How did you, no, how was the sandwich a, sitting no, there? You know, when you walk into like, um, it, it's like in a refrigerated section with all these other pre-wrapped sandwiches. So there's all, all right. these like, so it's like, you know, if you go into, um, you know, like a Starbucks and you see the little refrigerator thing right. in front with all the cakes, pops and stuff like yeah. that. So it's just like that. So I'm thinking, okay, it's fine. You know, it's cooked, you know, whatever. The bacon is probably cooked. The chicken's cooked. It's just served cold and, whatever um and so yeah so i'm nauseous and i'm like oh god this is not good and uh i decided okay i this is like at around one o'clock so i was like all right well, let's give it a couple hours let's see what happens by, uh, about five, by about five o'clock i'm feeling even worse and oh man i decided to order dinner uh and saying maybe like if i eat more eat something else that'll help so i order myself like a cheese pizza then i got through one slice of cheese pizza and in new york city by the way um, I ordered an entire pie and I got through one slice and I was like, this isn't good. And then no joke, 10 minutes later, that's when the chills, I started feeling the chills 
The fever started coming Jesus. up. Jesus. Um, <laughs> was this was, like a COVID sandwich? What the fuck is going on? It's a COVID sandwich. Ben, I was in bed by 8.46. I remember looking at the t- the clock oh. <laughs> at 8.46. Now, here's the bitch of it all. I was going to go see the 7 p.m. show of Dune, and I'm so... I was so angry that Pret-a-Manger has robbed me of this experience that um, I will never go there again. But here's my, this is, this is the, the moral of the story. And then I want to ask you yeah. uh, about any, if you've had any food poisoning experiences in your life. Um, Ooh. Folks, Ooh, good question. Um, sometimes you can't trust the brand name. Okay. Sometimes. Mm. A subway doesn't, you know, cook all the way through. Sometimes um, a McDonald's doesn't cook their meat correctly. I mean, you can't sometimes, sometimes you go to a Michelin star restaurant and guess what? Maybe the ingredients that they use doesn't agree with your stomach all the time. My, my point right. is um, don't trust anywhere to eat in New York City, especially around Times Square. Just don't trust it. Don't trust it. Um, go in expecting, go in to eat in the, in the you know, midtown manhattan area expecting to get sick and then when you don't it's a good time um so that's my i i I, by the way this happened to me last time i was in the city i ordered lunch and i got sick from that lunch that time too so this is back-to-back trips to new york city where i got sick eating lunch from a midtown manhattan restaurant uh or sandwich shop and i'm just i'm i'm done i'm gonna pack a i'm gonna pack a lunch Next time I go to, to New York City. <laughs> Chris, you want to go out to dinner? We're going to go to this Michelin star restaurant. Absolutely not. Got Absolutely PB, not. Got a PB&J waiting for me that I made at home. Uh, I'm playing it safe. That's it. So, Ben, any food poisoning stories from you? Or, or if you are, if you feel like you're in the process of being poisoned, uh, what do you do? Any tips for the, 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 re- the listeners out there? Anything at all? Well, you know, Chris, let's talk about New York City, okay? Um, Please. Because when you put me up in the hotel, it seems like 20 years ago uh, when I went <laughs> right. to Comic-Con, by the way. It seems before, like I've, times, I've yeah. lived a whole life, and then I died, and I'm reincarnated, and now we're talking about this new life. Um, you left me with half a pizza in the fridge, which is clutch. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. And I snacked on that fucker for, I mean, it's New York City pizza. It's freaking great. So that's how I know how bad you were. Because, you know, it's New York City. I mean, there's not a bad slice of pizza on the whole island. You know what I mean? Nope. On Manhattan. Um, I love Google reviews so much. I love them because you get local people. You get, you know, people from out of town. Um, and I think we went to the Korean barbecue place. You know what I mean? Uh, you, me, and Lynette. And it was awesome. Mm-hmm. And then we, um, I think we split up. And then we had one more day in New York City, and I went to the Dim Sum Palace right next to the the motel right there. That's where you should oh, have yeah. ate. Mm-hmm. Because you can't go wrong with, like, cheap-ass Chinese food because you know all the locals eat there, especially a place that's been around for a long time because it's not there for tourists. Tourists want to eat, like, weird shit that they don't get all the time. I want some Dim Sum. I want some Lo Mein. I want something that, like, I can get anywhere, but I want, like – the most quality. I remember some of the best noodles I've ever had was in uh, Jamaica Plains, uh, Boston. And we had lo mein, uh, like, and it was like so soy sauce filled. And I remember they were so good. It was beef lo mein. I got it after a Celtics game with my friend Vinny. It was like the greatest lo mein I've ever had in my life. Mm. You know what I mean? And so like, I've learned, don't try to be 
too exotic sometimes. Like, Chris, like, I remember I was out the first night by myself, and I didn't know where to go. It was late. I was at this place called the, the Corner Pub or something. Right next to Times Square. It's an awesome place. And I just needed something quick to eat before I went to bed, and I went to Five Guys right there. Boom. Like, it was awesome. So um, Five Guys is good because they cook it right in front of you. You know, anything that is a chain that you, you can see them cook, that's pretty good. Mm. But I don't know. I would stay away from anything that's, like, pre-made, Chris. <laughs> yeah, from now on. Lessons, <laughs> lessons learned the hard way. Um, <laughs> and I hate everything. So, all right. Now, did friend. you well, say something oh, to, like, the waiter or something? Did you make that mistake? Did you say this place sucks? And then no, they- no, it was just I just walked in, <laughs> grabbed the sandwich because I didn't want to deal with I didn't want to deal with a waiter. I just wanted to go and grab something quick to go and get back to my hotel room and eat something real quick because I hadn't had lunch yet. And I figured, you know, this place must have pretty good sandwiches. Walked in, grabbed it, even thought about getting a croissant, but um, croissant, croissant. But uh, we didn't. Uh, and uh, yeah, and, and I paid for it later on. And maybe maybe it's the organic side of it. Maybe I'm just not meant to, to eat organic yeah. type of food. I mean, who knows? Nah, dude, we're American. We're, we're Americans. We get like processed food. I want Cheetos and fucking right. <laughs> I want well, bugles. And that's the other <laughs> thing. I mean, I went to – I'm, I'm on Long Island last week, and I had my first Whole Foods experience. And by the way, that, that entire – store can go fuck itself let's be honest let's let's, <laughs> let's just be honest like i've never walked in to i've never wanted to like give a middle finger to a supermarket before but i walked in and i'm walking around uh, and i know i know that i'm not gonna find a bag of doritos in there i know i'm not gonna find my beloved it's gonna be like whole point. foods brand Whole Doritos all wheat. Right. Oh, like exactly. we just grated the Parmesan cheese on top of this wheat cracker. It's going like, like, yeah. fucking... <laughs> to be like a, a wheat thin, but like you know, made <laughs> made in the fucking Himalayans or something like that. And <laughs> yeah. the Dorito is ready. <laughs> <laughs> I, I walked around this place and every, and I audibly said this, I would look at products on the shelf and I go, Oh fuck you! Ah <laughs> like, oh, fuck you! And I finally got down. I was like, I right, fuck this place. I can't even get a soda, by the way. You yeah. can't even find soda in this place. So I ended up grabbing like two liter bottles of like pink lemonade, and um, and I just wanted to get the fuck out of there. But like, I just I I like, yeah, maybe this whole health food like organic stuff, it's just not for me. I, I've gone. I'm I'm forty year forty years old. I'm a man. I'm forty. Um, and I've gone this long without eating all this stuff. Um, and I'm fine. Like, I'm Chris, all right. Think of this. Okay. I'm just going to quiz you right now. I know the answer. You know, the answer. Where did we eat almost every weekend when we were at Elmira college? Oh my God. Chinese buffet. Chinese buffet. One of the best Chinese buffets still to this day that I've ever been to. That place was in Corning, New York. They had crab legs. We should be dead by now. We should have died <laughs> every weekend. We should have gone home and died, like literally died. We were fed. It was cheap. We ate all we wanted. We were fed for like the whole week. I remember like being so fat and full. I was like, oh, I can't even eat. Like maybe I'd go to Coleman's for like some wings at night, but I was so full. I was like, dude, I'm all done. I'll go get a Diet Coke, but I'm done. We're, we're fine. We're, we're fine. going great. And so that's why I, Chris, you know what dim sum is, right? Oh, of course. Yeah. You can't go wrong, man. It's just like nope. a dumpling. It's fresh made. 
They give it to you. And I brought it back to the hotel right there. It was so awesome. When I went to uh, San Francisco, same thing. There's Whole Foods. Uh, you know, there's no smoking. There's no uh, there's no burgers anywhere. Like, so you better eat Asian. You better eat. You better like fish and sushi and you better like dim sum because those are the things that everyone eats there and no one gets sick. So you better like that stuff. So uh, maybe I'm just like saying go Asian when you're in a, a foreign place, because even Oneida, New York right here, if you ever came here, Chris. And you stayed for an extended period. We we get Chinese one of these nights. Number one kitchen in Oneida, New York is phenomenal, dude. It's it's like it's like the same as East Garden or Kings Garden in Meriden, Connecticut, which is a bigger city. Love it on the same level. So you know yep. you kind of can't go wrong, dude. I don't know. Nope. I don't know. <laughs> Good stuff, man. Good stuff. Uh, all right. What else you got, my friends? All right. You know what? I want to talk to you about something. All right. I want to hear in this. I can't believe we haven't talked about this yet. We haven't spoken about this. Um, I want to talk about this season of Saturday Night Live. So oh, we had cool. Owen Wilson, mm-hmm. we had Kim Kardashian, and we had Jason Sudeikis. Yep. Oh, and uh, Remy Malik. Oh, Remy Malik. So we've had four. Yep. Okay. Yep. I thought, I think that this season, let's put it like this. This season is way better than last season so far. Yep. I think they're off to a great start. Chris, what are your thoughts? I agree. Um yeah. I agree. Uh, they and it's weird because they're not making predictable choices. Like yeah. with with each host, I was expecting a certain sketch that would like play to either what their reputation is or what they're known for or a character that they've played. But they really have gone in in a lot of different directions and and bold directions, to be quite honest. Which is something I never would have thought for Saturday Night Live for a while, but they've, they've had some bold segments on there where I'm like, Oh, okay. This is kind of refreshing. So yeah. I'm, yeah. Like I I'm yeah, remember different. how we were critiquing. Yeah. Like remember how we were critiquing them and they were like, wait, how come I'm watching key and peel sketches from 10 years ago that are still funny and Saturday Night Live can't break out of a funny sketch. I, I feel like, especially the Owen Wilson episode, I thought every sketch was funny on Owen Wilson. Mm. Um, Remy Malik, funny choices. And then even Kim Kardashian had a couple, two, three that were great. And then Jason Sudeikis, of course, you know he's going to bring the funny. Um, right. Actually, he might have been like the weakest episode so far. I think they played it safe with him mm-hmm. more than anything. Um, now, the the one thing that I wanted to talk about with the J, uh, the Jason Sudeikis thing um, was his um, music uh, guest. Do you know who his music guest was? Oh, Brandi Carlisle. Yeah, dude. I got way into her. I don't know if I sent her, but she was on Stern and they talked about uh, Austin Stern was like, Hey, what's the deal with you in Soundgarden? And I'm like, what the fuck is he talking about? If you go on YouTube and look up Brandy Carlisle, this is on my YouTube section. It's her singing black hole sun with them. Her pipes were amazing. And she's a singer songwriter. She's really good. And, and mm-hmm. like actually told Stern, like they've actually, she knows the band. They're all from Seattle. They've actually talked about like maybe doing a couple shows like all together oh, where shit. she sings sound. I was like, what? So I had to check them out, and she does a couple sh- songs with them. I thought she was phenomenal. Um, yeah, Chris, I think maybe that's it. They're they're not playing into our expectations, which is a really good thing. There's been some standout sketches that people have been texting me, and I'm like, damn, that's from this season. This is pretty good. Yeah, I you know it's it's interesting because I know there's they did a whole I don't say an overhaul but they hired a bunch of new writers. Um, mm-hmm. At least I think there's at least six new writers on this team, including this trio of guys who did some really like A plus um, 
Twitter like sketches during the pandemic and stuff like that. I'll I'll, I'll have to forge them to you. But one of the one of the guys hmm. there is Ben Mitchell, who um, they did just some really really high quality stuff. So it was really good to see them. Where are those the guys that did the the seltzer? Are those guys did the seltzer sketch? The yes, JC Penny seltzers. Yep. So <laughs> that sketch was phenomenal. Um. <laughs> So yeah, they they made some smart choices, and then I I think, yeah. like, yeah, like even Weekend Update this past week I thought was was excellent, and because like yeah. it, it feels like they're just throwing daggers, and I was like, wow, they're they're coming out fighting tonight. This is great, and so, um, yeah, no, it's 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 refreshing, and uh, you know, on your note about Brandy Carlisle, shout out to our mutual friend uh, Kristen Feeney, uh, who has been a fan of of hers for like 10 plus years like before anybody oh, get even, the fuck out like, i'm late to the ball game dude i'm late i, I, I was late to the ball game and because here's the funny thing is you know Kristen, when she was listening to brandy carlisle back in the day this is how back in the day it was i thought she was listening to belinda carlisle from like, oh. fucking go-go's i was like oh wow Kristen's going Sorry, to belinda carlisle but like because i'm a big fan of <laughs> right but like props props to our friend Kristen. I mean, she has followed right. like Brandy wow. for a long time and um kind of put put her on the radar for me. And so now well, I know now, she's she's not like young or something. I know she's been around. She and right. she's she's her own writer and stuff. Uh, I just I literally this week Howard Stern had her on, you know, oh, because she's in New York City doing the show and um she gave great performances and I'm like, what? And I just started doing a deep dive on her, did the Spotify deep dive. And all of a sudden I'm like, I'm watching Jason Sudeikis and it, and it showed her face. I'm like, Whoa, Whoa, it's her. Like I, Chris, man, great stuff, dude. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm looking forward to what's happening. I mean, and next, uh, not this week, but next week, um, is Kieran Culkin is going to be hosting. Yeah. Uh, from secession, uh, my boy, uh, which I cannot wait for that, that episode that's gonna be phenomenal considering his brother hosted like a long time ago um macaulay so i'm hoping that we get yeah. some home alone references that'd be a lot of fun um, as well so yeah looking that was one of my happens. favorite that was one of my favorite snls especially because we were like i mean chris we must have been like 13 12 at the time or something oh, like yeah. that i definitely remember staying up to watch that it was like the same season as michael jordan i i remember it was so funny good times yeah i don't know chris i just feel like you know hopefully you know maybe it was us chris did you ever think of that maybe they listened to the pod <laughs> lauren lauren if you're listening higgins higgins if you're listening yep. uh good work guys you know you listen to our criticism you know we love you guys we want we're rooting for you we're hoping the show will finally be a success someday <laughs> <laughs> It's with the help there. of us, I mean, it's getting, it's getting, yeah, there. It's getting there. It's getting there. Um, you know, and I just feel like there was a lot of meta jokes about Lauren Michaels and the show starting live, and I thought that was really cool. Like, I just thought maybe they got too cool for school. Now, I mean, um, Michael Che and um, oh my god, total brain fart. Who's the other guy that does the weekend update? Oh, Colin, uh, Colin Jones. Um, I think they have just been phenomenal. I, I think they kept the show alive last year. Mm. I, I thought that their segments, especially especially when they trade jokes back together, I like how now Michael Che, instead of trading jokes with each other, Michael Che just slips in jokes that, like, Colin Jones is a white supremacist. <laughs> it's 
<laughs> Even though Colin Jost is like the head writer and he knows it's coming, he still like breaks up. It's like so funny. It's like so great. Um, I don't know. I just feel like when you have that like feeling. Now, Chris, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. You know, maybe it's like the actor in me and like, you know, I had to go out and get a job, right? Went out of college to pay the bills, blah, blah, blah. You know, we have the Ren Fest up here. And like one of my major life regrets is I didn't say fuck it, quit my job, and then go act with the Ren Fest for a summer and do like the summer camp thing when I was 23. What was I doing at 23 that I didn't do that? Anyway, um, I, I like the feeling when you're watching Serenade Live that you get the sense, you get this little peek behind the curtains, this little like, we're all these like goofy actors staying up till three in the morning on a Wednesday, writing this crazy thing, listening to fort noises, you know, like the, the James Franco documentary that he did, mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. where you kind of get that peek behind the curtain and they're messing with each other. They're making each other laugh. And you know, it's less about like them breaking and more about, you get to see that like one of my favorite parts of Saturday Night Live is when, you know, when the host says, good night, everyone. Thank you for the musical guests. Have a good night. And you get to see them all hug and you get to see these people that worked for like a week together and just stayed up and was like crazy. And it's like being a little kid. And I think that's kind of like the draw of the show. And I kind of got that sense for the past four episodes. Like maybe it's the new talent. Maybe they got these young kids in here. They're like, Oh, we're going to stay up for four days straight and come up with crazy sketches. And maybe that's why this show works. I don't know, Chris, that's the, the vibe I got. Good stuff, man. Yeah, no, we'll see. I mean, let's keep it going. Let's keep, let's, let's, mm -hmm. let's you know, don't, don't, you know, stop SNL, keep, keep it up, whatever you're doing is working and as long as they pick good hosts that you know know what to do um hey i'm, I'm all for it so good stuff man let's, let's move uh let's yeah, move on um so ben have you checked out this new show on netflix uh called midnight mass no it's on my to-do list it is on okay. my to-do list perfect I'm glad I'm and I, I i know i'm only one episode in too so i'm not i'm okay. not far along um so folks if you liked like a couple years ago the haunting of hill house and then last year, the hmm. of okay. House. it's the same crew. It's the same group of writers, directors, some of the actors, things like that. But this it's this year's crop of, of that group. And um, it's uh, it's kind of about uh, it's kind of like this uh, Catholic horror, if you will, in a way. So you've got, um, you know, this this mysterious priest doing strange things. Uh, on a, a like basically a remote island community of like a hundred some odd people, so the the setup is really good, um, and it's got you know obviously some of the cast members that you've seen from the previous haunting of X Y and Z, um, and then some other some new actors into the blood as well. But again, it's 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 there's a creepiness level that I just love about it um, so far. So it, you know, tis the season of Halloween, um, it, you know, right around the corner and. Obviously, a lot of people are consuming, you know, horror films or things that will creep them out or scare them. And I, I can't recommend this enough. I'm one episode in. I'm already digging everything I'm seeing. Mm. Um, and so, highly recommend. Turn off the lights when you watch it. Um, you know, it's it's just one of those shows that has it's all atmospherical. You're not going to really get any jump scares. It's not going to be one of those things that's going to gross you out. Um, it's just going to give you this eerie kind of sense of of, you know awareness and things like that so i definitely highly recommend um on that end but ben i wanted to ask you like you know you're you're a big halloween guy and obviously you're a big horror guy but what do you no watching? no i i nope. don't i um Wait. i'm totally converted uh i've given it up 
No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I love horror movies. <laughs> Whoa, so much. I'm joined. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm celibate from horror movies. I've joined the priesthood. That's enough. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's awesome. They're freaking great. They're what, what's the question? What's well, your question? Say, what, what, what do you want? What are you watching right now to get in the mood? What do you? What, what's what's on your agenda uh, this oh, week? Like like, yeah. do you have movies that you know you're going to be watching before the 31st? Yes, there's a couple. So you know, it's funny you ask that, Chris, because uh, one of my friends, Matt. Um, Matt Goodwin from uh, Connecticut. He was showing the lady uh, some horror movies. He's trying to get in Halloween spirit, and his girlfriend Lisa, kind of a uh, Scrooge of Halloween, you know, like a bah humbug kind of thing. And she doesn't <laughs> like the horror movies, so he's like, "All right, listen, I showed him Children of the Corn, but she got bored." And I was like, "Yeah, it's a kind of a boring movie, you know, the Linda Hamilton one. It is a boring one, mm-hmm. actually. The sequels are a little more fun, <laughs> even though they're straight to video. They're shit. I would kind of a little more snippy. Yeah. Yep. Um." So he's like, give me something good. So this is what I recommended. And I've I've mentioned a couple of these on the pod, but I think it's good for us to re-kind of do these things. My favorite horror movies of the past kind of five years, I gave them a bunch. Okay, one, I gave them the Ari Asters, Hereditary mm-hmm. and Midsummer. Yep. You can't go wrong with those five movies. Like, Not at all. Because there's kind of a whodunit thriller aspect to it. So I think anyone that kind of likes you know, Silence of the Lambs or Law and Order, like where you're kind of like this murder mystery kind of feel. You're like, what's going on with this movie? Like even, especially Hereditary where it's like a family drama and then all this awful shit happens. I, I feel you can capture someone. So I gave him those two. Then I gave him Green Room. Did you see that one, Chris? Yes. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> that movie was so awesome. <laughs> I love that movie. Patrick Stewart is outrageous. Even though he's like in like five minutes, of the movie he's great. Um, you know, and I think it was maybe like a part of the time, you know, because I believe that's around the whole Tiki Torch. There's people on both good people on both sides, Trump asshole kind of time. And right. there's nothing like watching your main character just decimate some fucking white supremacist. Fucking great movie. Um, <laughs> not spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Um, so that movie's great. Um, and then I gave him the Babadook. You know what I mean? Like traditional kind of horror movie, but still like family drama kind of thing. Did you watch the Babadook? Oh, of course. Yeah. yeah. So I gave him those four. I thought those were good. But on my end, Chris, um, Joe Bob Briggs had the Halloween hoedown where he. So, oh, this is like kind of like a great segue, Chris. Can we segue? Are we ready to segue? Let's do it. Go for, go for it, my friend. So, you know, in the spirit of Halloween and, you know, I've been promoting the hell out of the Shutter app. You know what I mean? Just the hell out of it, Chris. And. Chris, you got to get on there, dude. It's just whenever you have, you know, a boring week and, you know, get the seven day preview for free and you're going to fall in love with the Shutter app. They're always updating old movies, new movies. It's just it's all over the place. So Joe Bob, he showed a movie called Angel. You ever heard of this movie, Chris? No. Me either. And this is coming from me. I've seen every nerdy 80s movie. This is 1984, 86 movie. It's about a 15-year-old prostitute on the streets of L.A., right? And she's, like, faking her high school that she's a good girl, but she goes out at night and she's walking the streets. Oh, I've seen the poster. Yes, and she's holding a gun and stuff? Yes. Yes. And so the twist is there's a serial killer um, played by uh, John Dahl, who plays uh, Hot Rod in Stripes. He's kind of like a nerdy kind of actor. But in this movie, he's one of the craziest people of all time. He plays the serial killer. And the serial killer is bumping off her prostitute friends. 
So Angel has to take it into her own hands and be like a Charles Bronson, like Death Wish thing. Phenomenal movie, dude. And I'm not really going to call it like a horror movie. It was kind of like this kind of like drama, but like it's an action flick at the end. You know, there's boobs. There's great, you know, not the best movie, but kind of fun watch. And the reason why I bring this up, Chris, um, for my third thing is he had David Gordon Green on as the guest. He's the one that picked Angel to watch. Do you know who David Gordon Green is? No. David Gordon Green is the guy that directed Halloween uh, 2018 and Halloween Kills and is directing Halloween Ends that's coming out next year. Oh, okay. Have you heard about those? Uh, well, I saw the 2018 Halloween, which I thought was great. Um, yeah. Haven't seen the new one, which I hear is meh, but um, oh, oh, Chris, 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 you gotta see it. You gotta see I it. Do. Is it? Is yeah, it? Yeah. I do. I do. Uh, you know what? I didn't realize this. He also directed Pineapple Express. So yeah, he's uh, friends bad. with um, uh, uh, Jody Hill and uh, freaking um, Danny McBride. Yeah, Danny McBride. They all went to the same school together. Oh shit! So so. Joe Bob Briggs is one of the best interviewers if you're a movie nerd, if you're a cinephile, because his first question is, okay, you know, I'm, I have you on the pod, you know, I have you on the show right now because, you know, you like horror movies, you've directed Halloween. I'm going to, and he said, I'm going down your IMDb and he goes, you directed Pineapple Express, (laughs) which is stoner comedy classic. Like, how is your, how did you shape this career? And he talks about how him, Danny McBride, and Jody Hill are giant horror movie movie nerds. And 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 Joe Bob is like, what's up with this school? And it, they went to North Carolina Arts Academy, Film Academy or something, which is a public or not a public, but a state school. So they went for like a cheaper school. And he's like, we just met this good group of people. And we all kept working together and we help out each other. So he directed Eastbound and Down. He directed the um the Royal Gemstones, like he directed like all these things with Danny McBride in them. So this guy, he could do the comedy. He can do the horror. Chris, Halloween Kills, it, listen, it's not as good as 2018 Halloween, but it's a fun ride. Don't get me wrong. Okay. Buckle up, you know, have a cocktail, pop some popcorn. Don't think too much. <laughs> Put this thing on and just have, you know, just, just, you know, why don't you kick the Jeep into neutral and push it off the cliff? You know what I mean? Just have some fun. You know what I mean? And so. Mm-hmm. I thought that to get into the Halloween spirit, this has been a pleasant surprise for me and Katie, you know, because I've seen the classics. I've seen all like the good movies from the 80s, the newer movies. And this one, because we hadn't seen Chris as of two weeks ago. We hadn't seen Halloween 2018. Oh, okay. Never saw it. I don't know what happened. We're sitting there. We're like, we really like this movie. Like Jamie Lee Curtis is great in it. Um, John Carpenter approved the script. He's an executive producer. He did the music with his son, Chris. Great stuff. High recommendation. We're like, you know, I gave you the Dune, you know, movie. I'm like, all right. Hall- Halloween Kills. Go all see right. Halloween Kills. Evil yeah. Dies Tonight. All right. I don't remember that. All right. Evil, Evil Dies, dies tonight. tonight, dude. And and it follows. Uh, remember the Scream 2 rules? Yes. What are the Scream 2 rules? What, what can you remember? Oh, about God. Sequ- about sequels. What do they have to do? Uh, they got to be better. Um, yes. And what do what? How about the kill count? What happens about the kill count? Oh, it's got to go up. Uh, it's got to double, buddy. It's got to double. Yeah. <laughs> Michael Myers okay, here's, is oh, wait, wait, a wait, professional here wrestler. Here's this is the rules. So you tell me if if Halloween Kills does this. Okay? Yeah. The body yeah, count I'll is always you. bigger. It's double. 
<laughs> double. Okay. The death scenes are more elaborate. Uh huh. And the third rule is not explained in the final cut, although it is never revealed in the teaser trailer. Never ever under any under any circumstance assume the killer is dead. So those are the rules. That's it. Yeah, That's boom. It. <laughs> uh yeah, I'm not gonna spoil it for you, but uh it follows the rules. That movie got you excited. You know what? This Halloween 2018 and this Halloween got me excited to watch Michael Myers on the screen again. Um awesome. and yeah, and I Chris, the end of this movie, the last five minutes of this movie are insane. Yes, and you're just like they do something, and I can't wait to hear your review on this. They do something that isn't typical about a sequel at all. So they, mm-hmm. you know, and and just like Joe Bob asked David and, and Chris, you know, you might have to go watch Angel with the little interviews because the interview was great. He goes, you know, you have to check some boxes when you when you direct a Halloween movie. You know, has to take place on Halloween or uh, October thirtieth. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, you gotta have the mask in it. You gotta have a butcher's knife in it. You know, there's some boxes. But Joe Bob was like, I love how you were able to depart in so many areas and make it your own thing. Mm, and okay. this movie definitely departs in many areas. <laughs> this movie, Chris, you've never seen, you've never, some scenes in this movie you've never seen. And there's some, you know, how we were talking about him being Danny McBride, like friends. There are some homages in this movie that a comedy lover will get. I'm not going to tell you what what it is. You'll just love it. And so watch the movie and then do like a little IMDb trivia. You're going to love it. Good to know. Good to know. Yeah, dude. All so right. that's my that's my final thing. Like high recommendation for that movie. All right. Good stuff. Uh, my final thing, honestly, just a quick yeah. um, kind of uh, shout out to the theater community. Um, chill out with these reopenings of shows. Um, Ooh. Yeah, I, I Ooh. Know, okay. I I don't know if you saw this, but yeah. uh, Phantom of the Opera reopened last week, and um, okay. as well as the one. And what's becoming a thing now is that when shows reopen, at the end of the show, they shut down the entire block, and they have this like street party afterwards. And you can go on Twitter, and you can see it. Like Andrew Lloyd Webber's in the DJ booth DJing. What? Wait, what? Party. What is going yeah. on? Wait, is this a real thing? It's a real what? thing. Wait, this isn't like a fake, like deep fake thing. Like no. you know, they didn't take like Paul Oakenfeld and like put like <laughs> Andrew Lloyd Webber's face on him or something like that. No, no, he's a. You can go. You can go on Twitter and just look up Andrew Lloyd Webber DJ set, and it's the funniest thing you've ever seen. You're looking at a guy who's almost 80 years old. Um, What's he spinning? I don't, I don't even know if he's I dubstep. Think he's just, wow, wow, I wow. Don't, <laughs> I don't even know what he, I think he's just standing there dancing and with his headphones on, but like. It, it was like I'm watching this and I'm like, oh, you're you're talking about a, a show just resuming performances, and I know it's weird for to come from me who owns a theater blog that you know is supposed to be like rejoicing over the return of Broadway, but I'm like, yeah, okay, yeah. okay but chill the fuck out, like okay, you know, like you're you're doing all this like, oh my god, Broadway's back, we're gonna have a street party, and and but the show could close next week because of COVID, right, like you know. <laughs> right. I mean, it, yeah, it's kind of like the people. Hey, Chris, is it kind of like the people that are dancing on top of the Empire State Building when the Independence Day at UFO is right there? Oh, 100%. <laughs> like, we need to just vaporize them. <laughs> it's 100% that. 
And, and, and the chick that looks like Veruza Balk is like, yeah, and the fucking boof, like, <laughs> and like the cops are like, get out, of the, get off the roof, and she's like, no, and no, then like, no, and then like, they're here, and, and then the thing opens up, and she's like, oh, it's so beautiful, and then it, you know, explodes them. Um, yeah, no, it's exactly like that because you know, here's the thing, everybody, you know, they're so freaking health conscious inside the theater. It's like put oh. put on your masks, blah blah yeah. blah. But then you get outside the theater, it's the same it's the same group of people, but since you're outside and you're in the street, everybody's taking their masks off. And it's like, oh, it's a street party. It's okay. Like, like it's all, it's all sandstorm now, but, you know, what happens tomorrow when you wake up with a fucking yeah. temperature? And, yeah. So I just, I, and, and the problem is you're already seeing shows shutting down because of COVID. So Aladdin, like, is, has been closed for like two weeks because oh. of, of a COVID outbreak amongst the cast. Um, and so this is going to be, this is going to be coming a thing. And so like, I, we just need to chill out. And the, the other problem is nobody, you know, that we're looking at ticket sales. We're looking at future ticket sales. You're already seeing plays and other things closed because th- nobody wants to come back to the theater just yet. You know, there's not, yeah, right. You know, you're not selling out these shows. You can, if you're, if you're a diehard theater fan and you're that desperate to go see a show right now, get a ticket right now. It's so easy to get a ticket to whatever show you want because Mm. these shows are like 75% full at the most. So it's, um, I just want us as a theater community, as theater fans, chill out. If a show opens, great. It's not a big, a big thing of it because again, if it can't, if it closes, you know, two weeks from now, um, it, it, we're we're gonna look like morons. So um, relax, exactly. chill out, enjoy it when it comes out. Go back to the theater when you feel comfortable enough to go to the theater. Obviously, don't go to the theater if you're sick. Um, all those things, but yeah, just chill out. So that's all I want to say. Um, let's move that's on. Great. To- that's great. That's great. That's that's really good. You know, I. Listen, Chris. Can I can I can I break it old school as a theater major? Can I just Please. can we just go old school? Let's go old school. It, I'm gonna kick it way old school. You ready? Can I kick it? Yes, you can. <laughs> Get ready, Questlove. So listen, or uh, <laughs> Q-tip. I messed up. Not Questlove. Q-tip. <laughs> uh, listen, I'm gonna kick it old school. Let's talk about ancient Greece. All right. Mm, okay. <laughs> There's a <laughs> that's, 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 I told that's, you I was kicking it old way school. older than I thought you were going to go, but yeah. <laughs> this is preschool. Uh, <laughs> it's old preschool. Now listen, there's a reason why the ancient Greeks had their theaters out outside. You know what I mean? You coughed on someone or scratched someone's arm, they're dead in two days. You know what I mean? You had the vomitorium for a reason. You know what I mean? Because you know you don't want the germs on everyone. You want to like eat like an asshole, have some yak bladders and like drink all this wine and have sex with all these people. Yeah. You might die in a day, but you're going to be outside. You got the bubonic plague. You cough over there. You die. You have to kill the whole theater. So why don't we bring back some outdoor theaters? You know what I mean? The summer just passed us. Maybe Broadway moves down South, maybe to Savannah, Georgia or something like that. I don't know. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like, you know, we watch football every week. Just watch the Buffalo Bills, watch Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and everyone's like, oh, everyone's unmasked. But they're outside. You know what I mean? It's like the big difference between outside and then in a stuffy theater on Broadway in the middle of the winter. You know what I mean? Where we can't move for like three hours straight. I don't know. So there's some sort of solution. But, Chris, I think you're onto something. Don't ruin this for the everyone. No one wants to be like the last guy that dies on the 
chopper on the way out of Nam. You know what I mean? Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, dude. So, good stuff, man. All right, let's go YouTube with my friend. What do you got? All right, I got one. Oh, got one for you. One. Okay, hit, hit me. Yep. The channel is called Toy Galaxy. Uh oh. Okay, I gotta look this up. And the video came out not too long ago. The rise and fall of choose your own adventure books. Oh boy. Video. Yeah. Buckle up for this channel. Um, but this video was phenomenal. It motivated me. I went on Amazon and spoiler alert. Don't tell my seven year old, but I got, uh, for 15 bucks, they had a four pack of choose your own adventure books, which I loved when I was a kid. Um, got those. And he's at that right age where he's reading, but you need some pictures here and there. I think it just got me way into reading. It got me into like, you know, fantasy nerd, dumb stuff. I can't wait to give it to him. Hopefully he gets excited about him. So Chris, that is my YouTube thing. The guy's great. He breaks it down, has interviews with the writers of the books, talks about the history of what happened with the publishing rights. Really fascinating video. The guy did his homework, really stuff. Uh, 20 minutes. Check it out on YouTube. There you go. Oh, I'm looking at all these things. Yeah, this is great. I'm going to watch. I'm going to watch. Oh, he does a whole thing on Child World. Oh, oh. perfect. <laughs> yeah, buddy. Wait, Child World was, isn't that from Color of Money? <laughs> isn't that where Tom Cruise works? <laughs> And he has the Vince shirt on. <laughs> Baby. Oh, Jesus. This is great. Yeah, that's All Child right. World, dude. That's the Toys R Us ripoff. Yeah, I, I just listened to the, the rewatchables on <laughs> Color that's of Money. Amazing. Oh, good stuff. Right, sorry, that's um, it. That's all. That's all you got. All right. So for mine, Ben, as you know, I've been I've been binge watching the Sopranos. Um, I've I have never seen the entire series. Where so are we at? Where are we at, bro? I'm in the last part of the last season. So like I'm I'm like three oh, episodes wow. from being done. Yeah. So I've I've honestly zipped through these things. I'm watching like two, three episodes a day. So um, what did you think of um all right, all right, a couple questions, Chris, before you get to your video. I'm so sorry. Um please, please. All right, let's talk about a couple things. What did you think about um the gay mafia guy that moved to Vermont? What did you think of that oh, story? I'm so glad you asked about this. Okay, because I've been Pondering and writing an article about this. Oh, um, great. Oh, awesome. So, <laughs> I'm so curious about your take on that. Because I, 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 don't, I haven't seen it since it aired, so I don't know how right. well it's aged. I don't know what's going on. So I have to remember that this show ended in what? 2008? 2009? Like right around? Yeah, and that episode has got to be 2006, 2005. 2006. So yeah. we're, we're at the dawn of real, like, you know, pushing the message out there that you know pro-gay marriage right equal rights oh, i mean we're not even there at pro-gay marriage i mean when did ellen kiss you know what's her face on tv i mean when was that i mean that was like early 2000s late 90s maybe yeah, so. but that may have just happened but that sat there for a while and then right. nothing happened for like five years after that right so like <laughs> this is this is like, and this it's D.W. Because, Bush too, right? So you you go back and you watch it, and you're like, oh, okay, it's you know, gay relationship and gay bashing. Okay, that's bad. But then you you don't think that like this started at all. By the way, this is pre this mm -hmm. is pre everything. This is pre wired. This is pre all this stuff. So like, you know, I understood the importance that the message that they were saying was that like of how homosexuality is, is viewed in this culture, in this world, this mafia world. Between these guys, yes. Between these guys. Obviously pushing the greater yep. message of acceptance and things like that. Now, 
do I think they they turned it up to eleven when they when eight would have done fine? Yes, like they're yeah. like the way that they they killed. You know, spoiler alert, by the way, I, I apologize. The way that that Vito meets his end, um, right, is a little rough. It's like, oh god, do they have to? And then like the language they use to describe, I'm like, oh okay, god, like it's just like you're like, oh yeah, but it, that's the way. But that's, that's the way, the it, way it was, dude. Right, that's the way it was. I remember distinctly. I was at the time I was working with some Italian American. You know, like like pure Italian American had the Italian flag in his car, like kind of guys at the time. And I remember them saying the F word a bunch. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, in reference to this show, like mm-hmm. in, like at the time they would say like, oh, I don't care if you're an, an F. You know what I mean? I don't care if you're an F. I don't give a shit. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I remember that was culturally accepted in 2003 4 5 when this but it started a conversation i mean i yep. think that's what it was because james gandolfini was by all accounts was a very nice man he was very accepting of all cultures he was just playing the world's biggest douche on the show right. you know what i mean like by all accounts he was like the nicest guy everyone fucking loved the man you know what i mean um i, I chris i just think at the time they were trying to get something on the air and it worked I mean, we had yeah it, it worked it was effective and and yeah. that's the thing is like you 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 just you feel for him the entire time and and then when he goes mm-hmm. up to New Hampshire with Johnny Cakes you're like just stay there just stay yeah, New there Hampshire. You're fine. oh that's it wasn't from us New Hampshire right yeah and then he he decides to come back and you're like oh shit oh. <laughs> like it's just you're like you just feel for it but I mean my God like the thing that I've I've so I'll be watching episodes Ben and there are scenes that take place in some of these episodes that are absolutely breathtaking as as an actor looking and watching yep. other actors act with actors. Um, yep. it, it, I, st- I end up like pausing the episode and then going to search for articles that talk about this episode with interviews of the actors that were in that episode, mm-hmm. because I want to know, I want to hear the stories of what went on between takes. Like what was the rehearsal? Like, like, so a couple, couple standouts. And I know that you appreciate all this type of stuff. There's a, there's a, uh, a, a segment where Tony's in the hospital recovering from his, his gunshot and yep. he has an entire scene between him and Hal Holbrook. It's just the two of them in a room mm-hmm. going back and forth. And it's, it's as an, it's that's actor heaven for me, mm-hmm. just watching these two guys, well-known character actors that can do anything they want. You know, one's at the height of his powers. The other one's like obviously in the golden years, but it's still fucking Hal Holbrook. And like I'm just I'm thinking to myself like if I'm James Gandolfini like how am I how am I not nerding out yeah. being in the presence of Hal Holbrook so those like those things I appreciate and then you then you you know I didn't back when it was on and it, I wasn't watching it so like when it was winning all these awards and when like Edie Falco was just like sweeping every yeah. single year and I, I, right, I didn't rightfully get, so rightfully, rightfully so. so but I at the time because I wasn't watching it I, I didn't get it I was like what you know okay I guess the show's pretty good. And then you go back and watch it, and then there's a there's a um, episode. I think it's either the season finale or season. No, yeah, it's the season finale. It's like, I think it's like season four when she tells um, Tony about her fascination with like Furio, and yep. she loses it. Like the way she loses yeah. it, it's the most disturbing. Like I've, I actually f- yeah. felt physically like oh, like as she's losing it on Tony. 
And I'm, I'm thinking to myself, where do you have to go as an actor to, oh. to kind of get that performance out? And if anybody does, doesn't want to talk about just YouTube, it's like, you know, Edie or Carmelo fights with Tony. And you can just watch her just go ballistic on him. And, and it's just like, oh, my God. And I found out they, they filmed that at 3 in the morning because they wanted everybody to be exhausted um physically so that you can like it, it just adds to the scene oh no way that's amazing yeah. oh so that's like, awesome i didn't know that story that's great yeah so it was just like oh and and just yeah to chris you know what as as far as Edie falco at the time chris in 2003 2004 i mean when the show started 2001 there really wasn't female um characters for actresses like that no i mean think no. of when we were going to college i mean there was maybe who's afraid of Virginia Wolf and then nothing for fucking three decades. You know what I mean? Right. Like, and then there was like Aaron Brockovich, but even in that self is a stereotype at this point, you know what I mean? There was like rom-coms and then all of a sudden this woman who's an amazing actress gets the role of a lifetime and they just feed her these amazing parts. And then you slowly see the face of cinema and, all of acting change with like uh, Charlize Theron is monster at the same time. You know what I mean? Like all of a yeah. sudden, like people were like, Oh, like people will go see a woman perform or be a lead in a movie. Like seriously, that's how sexist <laughs> the movie industry was until Edie Falco went absolutely ape shit. And HBO like took its balls and put it right out there, made shows like Oz and the wire and the Sopranos and said, Fuck it, we're gonna do some crazy ass shit that you've never seen. I'm gonna kill off main characters in the first episode. We're gonna have a like a like a gay black man, like drug dealing killer, <laughs> like, and then we're gonna have Edie Falco going absolutely nuts, just winning like Emmys. I don't know, Chris. So at the time, she was groundbreaking, and even though I was talking about like my coworkers, you know, and my coworkers at the time weren't like the, you know, I'm gonna say like the greatest movie watching people of all time. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. their movie, their movie preferences were poor at the time. I would say, you know what I mean? They hadn't seen anything, but you really, uh, despite that, they were like wicked Italian. They're wicked Italian, mm -hmm. and they just loved The Sopranos. And you could not argue with how great that show was. Like they would talk about it when it came in. I'd be like, they're like, you're not watching The Sopranos. You gotta fucking watch it. I'm like, ah, right, I'll, I'll watch it. Started watching. I'm like, goddamn, the show is fucking great. You can't argue with the greatness of that show. No, you can't. And and that's what brings me to my YouTube. First of all, by the yeah. way, go on YouTube and watch every Sopranos clip you can. Number mm -hmm. one, uh, but number two, there's a great podcast where it's like a visual video podcast uh, called Talking Sopranos, and it's hosted mm. by Michael Imperioli and uh, I, oh Christopher. I, yeah, I don't know his name off the top of my head, but he plays Bobby Bacala. Um, oh yeah, those two guys, and it's a rewatch podcast, so they go through every single episode of the Sopranos starting from the beginning all the way to the end. And they'll bring on like special guests. So they're like eating, like every single cast member has been on this show. Um, and gotcha. it's great. Cause you get to hear all the stories you wanted to hear from behind the scenes. So like, cool. Like, you know, there's that, there's a classic um, episode where uh, Chris and it's after they, um, uh, Joey pants is killed off and of they dismember his body. They take him yep. to the reservoir, throw him off. And Michael Perlero tells a story about how him and James Gandolfini got wasted on wild turkey before they shot that scene. And they had to literally be chained to a, a tree um, so that they wouldn't fall off the cliff while tossing the fake body off the cliff because they were so <laughs> drunk. So like little, little things 
things like this, little nuggets, um, are the things that you want to hear. So yeah, if you're a Sopranos fan, this is a much wa- must watch. It's also it's a video podcast. You can listen to it both audibly and then watch it on YouTube, and it's great because they bring in oh, that's beautiful. cast oh, members. Man, I, I might have to de- I might have to dive deep into the Sopranos, dude. Oh, that sounds great. If you, I mean, if I, 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 even if you've seen the show twice, three times through, always recommend. Um, and then, but the great thing about these podcasts is like they're like two hours long, so like awesome. you know, it's just like us. You know, you, you have to settle in, really commit. But they tell some great stories um, about you know the making of these episodes and what really went on behind the scenes, um, and it, it's just fantastic. So yeah, if you love the Sopranos, talking to Sopranos on YouTube check it out today so there you go um wow. all right, all right w- wait go ahead. wait wait chris no 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 a couple more questions okay Please. wait <laughs> steve buscemi on the sopranos oh okay is that one of is that the greatest short runs on a long running series of all time oh man that character in yeah. that short actor. answer yes short answer yes um, long answer, it's, it's, if there was, and I'm thinking back to the time, like early two thousands when like, okay, it's post, it's post Lebowski, like yeah, starting to gain some steam. If, if you were looking for confirmation of this guy's a different breed of actor, this run that he yeah. had on the Sopranos is, is the clincher. I mean, to go from. And this is what it, literally like you go from a career performance by Joey Pants, which yep. he won an Emmy for, by the way, um, to then Steve Buscemi, to then Frank Vincent after that. It's mm-hmm. like it's it's just one after the other after the other. But yeah, no, Buscemi is amazing. And then you hear you read like I read a couple of interviews with him about it. Like he like they wanted him to come on early on. Yeah. And, and uh, he actually directed, I think, an episode of the first season. Um, but they, yep. they they always wanted him early on. He kept saying no because of a couple reasons. One, because he didn't think he was that good, and he he thought that he'd be like he'd bring down the cast. Which I'm like, holy shit, you think that? Oh um, my god, I know that guy is that <laughs> humble. It, it's just fucking outright. I've never seen a bad. No, I think we can say that at this point. I think we can say that at this point. I've never seen a bad Steve Buscemi performance. I've seen I've seen him in some kind of okay movies, but. He elevates every single fucking thing he's yep. ever been in ever in his whole career. Like, I mean, he's that old now that I could say that. I mean, put him in a movie, that movie jumps up two notches. I, I'm like sorry. Him, him and him in Happy Gilmore is or is it Billy yeah. Madison? Or one of the two. Billy uh, uh, no, uh Wedding Singer. Wedding Singer. Well that Wedding Singer too, but what's the one where he like Oh Mr. Plays, Deeds. Mr. Deeds. No, that that one too, but the one where he's like plays the Big Daddies that wants to kill killer oh uh i'm fucking like, billy madison, billy billy madison. madison. <laughs> i was just thank playing god. yellow for you i was playing telephone line for you that's the song that plays. <laughs> thank god i thank god i called that guy um but yeah no he um <laughs> like every yeah like all the adam sandler stuff like it's not great movies but he's right. he's 100 committed so like and then you watch him on fucking like boardwalk empire and it's like mm. good lord like this is one of the best actors we've had in our generation so like i i love like ever. i love his his character uh, his whole run on Sopranos um, was fantastic, and and again, like that's that's you know we're we you and I are just acting nerds. So when you just watch guys and gals that you know are phenomenal in their field, care that have had you know two hundred credits to their IMDb resumes, 
working with each other. It's like you're just watching perfection. Um, so I, I I love it. Yeah, no, Steve Buscemi is incredible. Frank Vincent, God God rest his oh. soul. Um, oh. terif- terrifying. Oh, um, he's always show. terrifying. I'm, oh. Anytime he's on the screen, you, you know something's going to happen. Like you yeah. you. He's the guy in the bar that you're like, all right, you know, mate, let's pay the check. Let's get out of here. Like, like <laughs> it's, it's not even when he's Billy Bats or he's the fucking guy in Raging Bull. Like you, you still know there's going to be a fight or a murder. Something's going to happen tonight. It's not yeah. good. And by the way, I, part of me, like, and I don't want to spoil it for anybody who hasn't seen Sopranos or what, but the way that Phil Leotardo, you know, meets his end, I oh. gotta be honest. Like I, I kind of feel like Frank Vincent probably came up with that idea. It's like that's a Frank Vincent type of de- death if I ever saw one. Um, but um, but yeah, no. And then like you know, my favorite character in that entire show is Johnny Sachs. Like that's no. like his whole arc. I'm just like, oh, tragic. Oh, that was that was my uh, that was my third question for you. So little Stevie from the you know E Street Band. Um, oh, love him. Criminally good in that show. Like stroke of genius to cast him. Stro- no acting experience. Yeah, and, and, no. And he talked about that like on Stern. They had a little clip on Stern, and he just talked about how the creator of the show just said, "I'm going to write a role for you." He'd never act, and he's like, "I I don't really want to do it. I'm touring right now. I don't want to take an, a job for an actor." He's like, "No, I'm writing the role for you." He's like, "All right, I'll do it." <laughs> and he's so good. Oh, like I don't understand what they saw in him. <laughs> To say this guy's gonna be great. I mean, you watch him in the video Glory Days. You're like, how do you watch the video for Glory Days? And then go like, that guy's gonna be the fucking greatest second man to like a great mafioso like Tony Soprano. Like, I don't right. understand. And he's so believable. Like, I believe that guy lives and breathes. Even though it's like a caricature of a, a, a mafia guy, the hairpiece, the face. Everything like when you see him not talking like him, it's jarring because you believe that's how he talks. And he's and on Stern, he was like, "I'm from Jersey. I knew guys exactly like that." And you're like, "God damn it!" Like, uh, Chris, <laughs> like, can you can you wrap your brain around how he's that good on that show? <laughs> no, I, I honestly can't. And no. you know that's the thing that like I don't get. It. That's the thing that kills me is that he just is. Um, and first of all, like, by the way, that his wife on the show is his real wife. So that's kind of cool. Number one. So, oh, I didn't so, know that. Yeah. Holy, that, you know all this facts from this podcast. That's really cool. Like that, that's his actual wife. They actually married in like 1982. So nice. <laughs> it's, it's just awesome. So of course it is. And she's perfect is. in the show. What the and, fuck? But, yeah. Come on now. Um, she's like one of the wives in like Goodfellas. You know what I mean? The yep. hair and the makeup was <laughs> dreadful. And they talked all this tawful talk. They just they talked about bad. their husbands. It looked, it looked bad. <laughs> it looked bad. Um, they wore these clothes. And that's the other thing. Like, there's so much like there's so much Goodfellas DNA in this in this show. Oh. Like from Lorraine Bracco to Frank Vincent to like just now, like Chris, there's Chris, yeah, have you ever watched um Trees Lounge? No. <gasps> No, All right. I, I haven't. After I you're done with Sopranos. And right. and you're going to say, like, Ben, what does that have to do with anything I'm saying? Um, it's directed by Buscemi. It's starring Buscemi, of course, and his brother. Um, but the DNA, like you said, the DNA of Goodfellas is all over that movie, too. Because it's all New York actors. It's all New York City actors. You'll see some uh, faces in that one. Okay. Good to know. Yeah, that's all I'm going to say. Good to know. Um, 
but yeah, no, it's it's been a joy to to kind of go back and watch this again. So again, if, if you're if you're you know a casual fan, if you haven't seen it in a while, if you've never seen it, um, get on this because it is um, it's it's it it holds up. I mean, twenty years later, it holds up. All right, and I'm re- I'm I'm gonna you know what I'm gonna, I I think I'm gonna do it. I think I might pull the trigger. Oh, I can't I can't wait to hear about it. All right, excellent. Can't wait to hear about it. All right, folks. Well, that's gonna wrap us up on this week of Desperately Seeking Entertainment. Uh, but I'm Chris Peterson. This has been Frawley. You can find this episode on all of our episodes on Onstage Blog Network at onstageblog.com. We're also on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, basically anywhere you consume your podcasts. Uh, and follow us on Facebook, by the way. We have a great Facebook page. Uh, post a lot of stuff up on there as well. Uh, but Ben, my friend, thank you so much this week. I appreciate it. Yeah, baby. And folks, we will see you right here next week on Desperately Seeking Entertainment.